Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. All right. Well, good morning, guys. I apologize, but I, I still love them. All right. While you're giving, I'm asking you to go ahead and do a little uh, extra stuff here. I want you to get your Bibles, Bible apps out and uh, open them up to the book of Ruth. Ruth is about a quarter of the way through the Bible from around the front. It's a small book. Ruth chapter 1 and chapter 2, the two places are up there on the screen. Find that and hold your place, and we'll come to that a little bit later. Uh, boy, uh, today, I, today I'm talking about patience. <laughs> is there anyone in the room who ever struggles with patience? Would you? Yeah, good, 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 good. Be honest. In, in the earlier service, maybe it was just so early, one person said me, and so I just, I just had them come sit in the front row, and I preached to them, and that was, actually, it wasn't quite like that, but... <laughs> We all struggle with it to some degree, and um, we're going to talk about that today, but, but, but I want you to understand this. What we do around here, what we do in here, this is not a self-help seminar. That's not what this is. This is a life transformation through the power of God experience, all right? Self-help seminars, actually, if you really, really pay attention, they're actually taking all the principles from the Word of God, all right? But what we're doing is we're sharing with you the Word of God and infusing the Spirit of God, all right? Today's message is called Passion for Patience. It's part of my Spirit Shift series. I want you to shift to a new gear in the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when we did our one words last fall, uh, the, the word patience was one of the words that was written the most. If you're not familiar with that, what we do is around the end of the year, each year, we encourage everyone to pick one word that's going to characterize the coming year and, and kind of make that their one theme word for the year. And a lot of people, one of the most picked words, I mean, you can pick anything you want, but the most people just pick stuff out of the air and, and we don't give a list to select from, but, but patience was one of the top ones. And, uh, and, and I'm excited that today I'm talking about that. If patience is your word for the year, I'm talking to you specifically. But I know we're talking to everyone because all of us have to struggle with patience for, uh, one way or another. I mean, can you think of someone that you struggle with patience with them? <laughs> and I just want you to think of a person. Now, you might be sitting next to the person. Uh, please, no elbowing or jabbing. But, but what I want you to do is just maybe, just, just maybe write their initials down. Just, uh, but they're saying, but they're next to me, they'll know. Okay, write them backwards, write them upside down, write them as a code word. Maybe they have big, big hair and, you know, or something like that. Just call them fluffy or puffy or something like that. But, but, but put, a, put a name down or write something down of who you're thinking about because that'll help you. Uh, it could possibly would be a spouse, maybe your child, I don't, I don't know, a co-worker, uh, could be someone at the church, it could be a team lead, it might be, uh, might be your boss or a friend, it could be a pastor, who knows, it could be me, but uh, it could be your teacher, but, but I want you to pick a person that really tests your patience, and I want to make this message really, really practical. Have you ever gotten to the place, though, where your patience is worn so thin you're just about ready to walk out? You're ready to walk out? Yeah. I mean, patience has never really come or easy for me. When I, when I was a little kid, uh, 
I got in trouble. One of the things I remember getting in trouble for, I, I got in trouble for a lot of things. I really did. But one of the things I remember I got in trouble for was lack of patience. And I had to, I had to learn how to grow in my patience. I, uh, <clears throat> I was three years old. When I was three, I, I, would, I would stand on the platform and, in, in my dad's church and I would sing. Uh, that was back in the days when we did like specials. You know, people would come and like sing for uh, you know, like five minutes and we'd all clap. But, but I would occasionally do that and it was a fun thing. Uh, I, I was dead serious about it. Everyone else was like, oh, how cute. I was like, no, I'm serious about this. Well, I would sing and, and my mom, she would play the piano. You know, she would play and she would be my accompaniment. But occasionally, like mom would start off wrong or maybe she'd miss a key or something like that. And, and I guess one time, my, my brothers told me about this later. I was like standing there ready to sing and my mom did it and messed up. And so I, I did like this. And I, I guess when you're three, you don't really, uh, you don't really think about how you appear, and, and you kind of just let everything roll through you, and I was like, <laughs> my brother said, do not make fists on the platform when your mom is like, oh, I would never do that anyway. It's like, I've never, I've never had a fist fight with anyone. Well, there's that one time in fourth grade. There was this group of kids that came and, uh, and jumped on me on the, on the playground, and we got in a fist fight. I had to go to the principal's office. I got swats for that. I went home and told my mom, you know, that I got swats for, for in a, getting in a fist fight. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but my mom laughed at me. <laughs> yep, that was, that was the last time I expected my mom to like, like, uh, like, like comfort me or whatever, and she laughed at me. So I, I got swats, I got laughed at, and, uh, and then I ended up making friends with the kids that I had the fist fight with the next day. That really has nothing to do with anything in today's message, but, but uh, patience is what I didn't have on the playground. Well, I wasn't going to get beat up, so I don't know if that was a patience issue or not, but, but, but it takes time to develop patience. And one of the things I've learned, I've learned what patience is and what patience isn't. And I just want to hit this real quick before we dive into this because I want us to have a right perspective on patience. Um, start off with this. Patience isn't laziness. It doesn't mean that you just sit around and do nothing. You're just going to play video games or play on your phone. That's not patience. Patience and laziness are not synonyms, okay? Another one is indifference. Patience is not like ignoring whatever else is going on around you, not being fully present. Patience doesn't mean that you disengage or that you refuse to invest your emotion or your time into something. You know, patience doesn't mean that you're going to be somebody else's doormat, okay? Here's another thing that patience is not. Patience is not giving up. It's not throwing in the towel and quitting and running from responsibility. Patience is not doing nothing. <laughs> patience is not like you know, refusing to take action or delaying decisions. Um, and, and, and really, finally, patience isn't, and this is, this is a big one because you know, I'm serious on this one, patience isn't waiting for something it ain't gonna happen, all right? I, I, I've seen a person, one time a, a person in the church, this church I pastored years and years ago, but, but they were just waiting on this person, like this guy's gonna propose to me. Well, he didn't propose to her, and he proposed to another girl and got married to the other girl, and she was still waiting. She says, well, their marriage is gonna break up. He's gonna come back and propose to me. It's like, and you know what, girl? You need to get a life. <laughs> that, that is stop, that's not patience. Did I hurt anybody's feelings with that? I feel like I might have hurt someone's feelings. If I did, you, you know, maybe it's speaking to you, okay? Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's patience is not this thing of, 
you know, you're you're five seven and and you're just waiting for the NBA to call you up, and you know, and, and you're going to join the NBA. No, get get a reality check. In fact, that's why we have other people in our lives because it helps us with issues, things when we're not thinking very clearly. But waiting for something that isn't going to happen has nothing to do with patience. Okay, now what patience is is several things. First of all, it's a calm response to life. Um, it, it just basically means that you're not going to lose your cool because things aren't going your way and you're going to continue doing the right thing in spite of things not going your way. Uh, patience is also the opposite of anxiety. If you're dealing with a constant anxiety, then patience is a huge issue for you because, because really uh, it's a form of endurance of hanging in there and, and going the long haul. Uh, patience is how you act when you're waiting. Some of you thought patience is just waiting, and it's not. Waiting is waiting. Patience is how you act while you're waiting. It's the, it's the ability to wait without losing it, okay? Uh, patience is also, this is very simply an attitude. It, it takes work, and it takes discipline. But patience, and probably most important, patience is what we call a fruit of the spirit. Spirit, which means patience comes from God. It's part of his character and nature. So if God's spirit is in you, if you're a Christian, uh, and you know, because you know, Preston led us in that prayer just earlier today, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer in here, then God's spirit is in you, and so you already have the seeds of patience in you because that's part of God. Now, really what you're going to have to do is shift gears and take your patience to a new level. So if you're a follower of Jesus and you find yourself, though, generally impatient, there is hope, and I want to give you that hope today, all right? The fruit of the Spirit is, it's these nine things. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, when I was a kid, we learned this from the, from the King James Version of the Bible. Any of you guys memorize stuff from the King James Version of the Bible? Yeah, I did. It was like the old-fashioned Bible is written, you know, in the 16th century. And, and uh, what I learned was, that actually, the word that they had there in the King James Version of the Bible was long-suffering. It's not a word that we use very much in our culture, and so it's been replaced with patience, which is really a better term for our culture. Um, long-suffering is that... that uh, old King James Version word, and, and I didn't like that. I remember my Sunday school teacher, she, she sat in Sunday school, and she says, now, boys and girls, we are going to all practice long-suffering. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to suffer. I, I remember so clearly sitting in the class. I remember the table. I remember how I felt. I remember my emotions, and she said, she says, this means that you're willing to suffer long I ain't gonna suffer no long, you know. I'm gonna get out here and have a snack or something. But, but, uh, but really, what it is, it's patience. But on the other hand, it, she was kind of right. Um, it just means that you're gonna deal with the bad stuff when it comes, and you're not gonna bail. In fact, patience is not static. Patience is action oriented. It's not some kind of a lame laziness. Uh, it's, it's, it's this, it's a form of steady action that brings results. In fact, patient action really means 
that your best is yet to come because that's God's desire for you and that's how God sets things up for you. So today I'm gonna challenge you to pair your patience with action. Take action on your future and stop delaying and doing it in a patient manner. You can do this. You can be patient waiting for the results knowing that your persistence will eventually pay off even if you can't see it right now. That's what patience is. It's like, I, I need help with that. Well, good, because God will help you. He wants to help you, and he is there for you because he wants the best for you. That's why I say the best is yet to come. But to, to walk in the ways of the best is yet to come is to walk in God's ways. So lean into God and, 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 and begin moving forward. You might be thinking you're moving forward right now and taking steps, and you're doing some wonderful stuff, but you feel like you're on this spiritual treadmill, like you're going nowhere. I want to say, you know, sometimes it feels like that if you're out in the desert or you're on this long hike, you can't even see where you're going and uh, you might feel like you're going nowhere, but you are moving. You are. In fact, slow and steady, that approach to life is, is really very, very biblical. And that's part of this is what I'm teaching today. It, it's what I like to call the slow cooker method. Anybody like their slow cooker, all right? How, how, many, of you guys, how many of you guys have slow cookers? Yes, I do. I love the results of a slow cooker. I love it at the house. I, I love it when Rebecca calls me up and she said, Tim, I put whatever, whatever in the slow cooker and, and we're going to have food tonight. And sometimes I, I just get, jump the gun. I come home a little early. I'm like, yes, yeah, I can't wait. And I open up the slow cooker and it's not done. It's like, when did you put this in? You know, six hours ago? Okay. But slow cookers, what do they do? They force us to be patient. You can't rush a slow cooker, you say, turn it on high, even if it's on high. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> you want to grow in patience in your life? Some of you need to go home, pull out the slow cooker this afternoon, all right? Some of you need to use your slow cooker a little more, and that's actually going to help build patience on a daily basis. You know what I mean, don't you? Those of you who are slow cooker people, you know that. But really, this is kind of like what God wants to develop in us. He wants to develop in us an attitude of patience where we're not demanding to be microwaved. There's a difference between roast that's put in a microwave and roast put in a slicker. Have you guys ever tried roast in a microwave? I have. I've done it before. Like, get raw roast and put it in the microwave. Like, I'm, it's like meat. <laughs> no. No. Put it in here, it's a whole different story. And that's what God wants to do in us. This is the attitude of patience. This whole spirit of the slow cooker is found in a scripture. Paul said, he's, Paul spoke these words. This is my slow cooker um, scripture that's in the Bible. I want you to look at it because this is actually one of my favorite passages from the Bible. You hear me talk about it all the time. He says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want you guys to read that out loud with me. I want you guys to get a look at it on the screens. Come on, say it with me. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's the condition. If you do not unplug. If you do not say, I've had it, I'm done with this. Because at that point... You've really ruined the whole process. 
Okay, now Jordan, I need for you to come up here and help me with, with an illustration. I want you, we're going to demonstrate, we're going to kind of learn how this, um, how this thing of patience works. And Jordan, will you guys give Jordan a hand? Come on, we love Jordan. All right. All right, we're going to have a little bit of fun. So I need you to raise your hand if you're a chocolate lover. Okay, I saw a hand go up really fast here. Who can raise their hand the highest? Who really wants chocolate? Who really wants chocolate? Matt, come here, come here. You had a really, really high. Come on, come on. Is. That's because Matt is taller than anyone else, yeah. so, so oh his, his head goes up higher. <laughs> Can't even. Okay. So, okay, look at this. That's that's a tall bar. Now you can read it. This is a giant chocolate bar. Do you want this? So much. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Now, you can have this chocolate bar, but you have to follow my instructions very carefully. Okay. Okay. So take this. Do not become weary in doing what's good. Okay. Oh, first of all, first of all, I, I think I said it, but tell everyone what your name is. My name is Matt. Say hi to Matt. Okay. So Matt, I need you to to first of all open quickly open the chocolate bar, just enough to where everyone. Ooh. That's actually so perfect. Just like the commercials. Oh, but there's a little... Okay, you're going to have to get a little bit on the back there. Okay, so now, take a look at it. Take a look at it. Does this look like a good chocolate bar? Absolutely. Absolutely, he says. Okay, now, why don't you just smell it? Mm. What do you think? Halloween. Uh, (laughs) Now, that's that's very interesting. You're creative. So, if, if this chocolate bar was a person... Who would it be? My wife. Oh. Yeah. oh. Very good. Now, now I'm, I want you to put the chocolate bar up to your mouth like you're going to take a bite, but don't take a bite yet. Ready? This is about patience, all right? Yeah. You're doing good. You're doing good. He says, yeah. do not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will, re- you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't, don't give, up. give up. Do you want, you want, you want the harvest? Yeah, <laughs> you don't know so, whatever the harvest is. Yeah, when I give you the cue. You can take a bite. Okay. Ready, uh-huh. set. Uh-huh. Oh wait, did you have something you wanted to say? No, I, I just, I just really encourage him just to follow the process. Don't, don't bail on what God has for you in your okay. life. You know. Ready, <laughs> set, go. Ooh. Oh, he took a bite. And everybody praise the Lord, right? <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> you did good. Hey, thank you for being so patient. Now you have a chocolate bar, but also, but also this isn't the real reward. The real reward is a slow cooker to prolong your lesson in patience and so that you can, you can make uh, meals in the, the longest amount of time possible. Exactly, because you. you're so patient. Okay, that's yours. Here's the way it's going to work. Is at, at the end of the service, you walk up here and get it. You just like walk up here and get it. And if you already have one, you just give it to somebody else, all right? Yeah. If, if you see people clamoring to you after service you've never met before going, hey, let me look at that. They might, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, but we'll let you figure that out. That's yours. Congratulations. Yeah. Everybody get yeah. up from that. Yeah, Woo! absolutely. In other words, be a slow cooker. <laughs> um, but you know what? Some of you, you've been really, really patient. You've even been using the slow cooker method and plugged into God, and, but nothing seems to be happening. In fact, your situation has moved from bad to worse, uh, and you've gotten pretty discouraged. Some of you feel like just throwing in the towel, to be honest with you. Um, 
It just seems like you keep going and going and giving and giving and you're doing all the right things, kind of like that scripture said, but nothing seems to be panning out. But I, wanna, I just want to encourage you today, if you quit, it's likely that you're most likely you're going to become even more discouraged. And I'm pleading with you today, don't give up. Because patient action means that your best is yet to come. In other, in other words, refuse to allow your weariness, don't allow your discouragement, refuse to allow those negative emotions, uh, refuse to allow even a lack of hope to cause you just to give up and stop doing the right thing because you will reap a harvest if you don't unplug your slow cooker. Uh, don't, don't let discouragement govern your future. Refuse to allow it to govern your future. And you guys know this. Your feelings, your feelings will deceive you. But that's where patience comes in because it can overtake the feelings, you know. You can't quit. Stay energized. Stay pointed in the right direction. In fact, that's part of what, what Sundays are all about. I mean, we read the scriptures during the week and you have talk to God during the week. Open up your Bible app every day and, and then stick with it. Be in this atmosphere of encouragement and, and, and focus Sunday after Sunday. Surround yourself with positive people who are in pursuit of Jesus. In other words, keep being a slow cooker because it is going to pay off. Patience, like I shared earlier, though, it's an attitude. You know, all the fruits of the Spirit, they're, they're attitudes. But your attitude will either make you or break you more than anything else in life. They, it really will. I've seen people who can have great education, all kinds of accomplishments, but a bad attitude destroys it all. Because today's attitudes determines tomorrow's destiny. It does. So remain patient. Just keep taking action. Keep taking action. TK, keep, keep taking action. And even as you see these things pop up on the screen, take a picture of them. Get this stuff into your memory so that you're able to embed this in you. And some of you, you know, you're in this really tough spot and, and right now you're feeling like you want to run. Uh, you, some of you, you're ready to walk off the job. In fact, you've already written up your resignation letter. You're just ready to let it fly. Um, maybe you're just sick of the conflict that you're having with your partner. You're ready to walk out on that relationship. But most of the time, quitting and bolting do not have positive results. They're anxiety, emotion-based uh, reactions. And when we do that, we're being ruled by impatience, which is not a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. So the goal of mine today is to get you to consider to not make an anxious move or a change and to remain patient and keep taking action. And if you're here today and that's who you are, then God brought you here today. God put you here today to hear this so that you can make a right decision. Now, this is really important. Because sometimes, though, sometimes it is right to quit and to walk away and not look back. I'm not saying to never do that. Sometimes it is right. But even in those settings, how you do it is critically important. I mean, can you do it with a calm, deliberate response? Can you let patience flow through you even then? But most often, running doesn't make your situation any better. In fact, fleeing the scene will make it harder for you and will cause huge grief in your life quite often. And, 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 and it'll, it'll even cause grief for the people who live with you. The people, the people you love, 
you're going to give them a lot of grief too. There's a way to do this. It's this incredible Bible narrative. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, it's, it's of a mother-in-law and her daughters-in-law. It's found in the book of Ruth. And uh, that's where I asked you to turn a few minutes ago. It starts off with a mother-in-law. Her name is not Ruth, but Naomi. She's this amazing, amazing woman. But you see, she lost her husband. And, uh, and now in this strange sequence of events, both of Naomi's married sons then die. And she finds herself in a really, really difficult place. She has no husband. She also has no sons. And on top of that, she lives over in a foreign land where she wasn't raised. Okay, ladies, I want you to think of it like this. It would be something like if you and your husband moved to, let's say, India. And it was for him to work for his company. It was his big career move. You're going along for the ride. And you live there for quite a long time. You, you have children. You have these, these two sons. And they, they grow up in the culture. And then they see these other uh, Indian girls. Like, like, wow, I like those girls. And they, they end up marrying them. And you have this wonderful close family. And, and it's so, life is so manageable because of your sons. They're with you. And they have their jobs and their wives. And, but, 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 uh, but all of a sudden, your husband dies, and, but the sons are still there. They're there, and they, they bring you in. They take care of you. See, back in that culture, that those times, you know, the ladies weren't allowed to hold jobs, really, and so they would just kind of do stuff around the house. That was, that was really basically it. And then, let's say then both of your sons die in a workplace accident at the same time. Now, you're all alone in a foreign country when you were just along for the ride, your own kids are gone. You have no means to support yourself. You never saw this coming. What are you going to do? What Naomi faced was even more tragic because it was in the culture of the ancient Middle East. Now, Naomi knew that she had these relatives back in Israel who were business owners, and she was thinking she could possibly move back to Israel and eke out a meager living somehow, maybe even have a place to live. So she makes plans to leave and bids her foreign-born uh, daughters-in-law, former daughters-in-law, goodbye. The daughters-in-law, they, they were named Ruth, which is the name of that, that book of the Bible, and Orpah. Now, it's not Oprah. Some of you got a little excited thinking he mispronounced it. It's Oprah. This is the beginning of the story of Oprah. No, it's not, okay? I think Oprah's mom like, was going to name her Oprah, and they messed up on the birth certificate because they got it from the Bible, and now she's Oprah. All right, so this has nothing to do with her. Don't get distracted, all right? Not Oprah. And, and when I've preached this before, I've actually said Oprah when I'm saying it. So if I say it, know that I'm wrong. You just yell back, Orpah! Can you do Orpah? Not Orca, Orpa. Okay, all right, here we go. But, uh, but now these former daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpa, <laughs> I was going to say Orca. You see, you see how you guys messed me up? I messed myself up. But, but uh, they're, they're with Naomi, and Naomi tells them, uh, you need to go ahead and go back to your families. Uh, you need to go find new husbands, and, and I'm going to leave. So Orpa, she says, great, goodbye. Um, you know, that was easy. I'm not sticking around with you anyway. It's like, what have you got to offer me? And, and it made total sense, really. I mean, it was very convenient. She'd just go to her family. They live right down the road. Uh, she didn't have any patience of staying with Naomi anymore. But the other daughter-in-law, Ruth, insists on going with Naomi. Now, we never hear about Orpah ever again. 
But Ruth goes with Naomi back to her homeland of Israel, and that's where we pick up the story in Ruth chapter 1, verse 15. Take a look at it in your Bibles. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. She was saying, I'm not bailing on this relationship regardless of how much pain we're in right now. Ruth, Ruth made it clear. She says, I will stay and I'm gonna stay with you. I'm, stick, I'm not gonna cut and run. I'm not gonna do this. Basically, she was saying, I'm not too good for you, Naomi. I'm gonna stick with you. So Ruth followed Naomi back to her homeland, to Israel. When they arrived there, they found this relative of Naomi's, uh, Boaz. He's a landowner, farm owner, private businessman. And so Ruth and Naomi, they began working the fields of Boaz. Now, this wasn't like a job job like you would think it is because they weren't employees, uh, nor were they even slaves, which would have been even better. What they were is they were beggars. And so in that culture, the beggars were allowed to follow other people in the fields was they were picking grain or whatever, and they could pick up anything that they dropped or left behind. And so that's what they were doing. Uh, very, very meager living. But they stayed patient. Ruth was patient with Naomi. She could have said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Look, I've gone from bad to worse to worse to worse to worse. And, and you know what? Some of you are there right now. And things look really, really bleak. You say, I've been doing the right thing. Look where I am right now. Well, this is for you. But here's the deal. Boaz noticed Ruth. Now, she might have been good looking, but I'm just telling you, that's not why he approached her. But Boaz liked her, noticed her, and protected her, and even helped her out in a lot of different ways. And Why? It's because he saw that she was loving, patient, and persistent. He saw those qualities in her and he said, that's a lady for me. Hint, guys, you might see a pretty girl on the outside, but if she's not loving and patient and persistent, you, you run the other way. And ladies, if you're not that way, just change. All right, all right here we go. <laughs> Easy. Look at what Boaz says to her. So Boaz says this to her. He says, I, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and your mother and your homeland. You came to live with a people you did not know before. And he says, may the Lord repay you for what you've done. He spoke blessing over her and blessing actually came her way. Why did blessing come her way? It's because she took action on her situation, she was patient. She refused to run and bolt out of the relationship. She stuck with Naomi. Basically, she kept the slow cooker plugged in. <laughs> she didn't give up. In fact, the story goes on. She ended up marrying Boaz, and she became his partner in, in life and as the wife to this man who was very, very, very well off. She had a wonderful life. Wonderful life. She received huge blessings from God simply because she was patient with the process and she's also in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She took action with her heart, with her hands, and with her attitude. And she didn't take this route because she thought, well, if I do this, I'm, there's gonna be a blessing out there. She, no, she didn't. She did it because it was the right thing to do. She wasn't gonna bail on this long-term relationship. She was patient and she took action. And as a result of that, Blessing overtook her in her best 
ended up right there in her lap. So I have a question for you. Here's your question. Where does God want you to take patient action? You might have a lot of fear and emotions right now saying, I'm going to bail on this guy. I'm tired of waiting for things to change. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I've run out of patience with her. Can't take this anymore. But, but listen, if you listen closely to God, God might be saying, stay patient. Keep doing the right things. Watch what I can work out here. But if you keep impatiently running around and uprooting yourself, you just might be writing your story in a different direction than God intended for it to be written. Your family may not flourish the way that God actually dreamed for it to flourish. Your church may not be what God destined it to be. Is it really worth it to give up on people that quickly? So if you make that move, if you bolt, you jump out, what's going to be your story a year from now? Well, here I am in a big mess, but I got impatient. I ran, I bolted, I fled, I jumped ship, I gave up, I quit, I bailed. Say it with gritted teeth, or you're going to say, you know what, I was patient, and I remained. And I'm glad I did. What does Paul say? It's the slow cooker theme of the day. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's where patience comes in, if we do not give up. If you impatiently abandon everything and all the seeds that you've sown, the potential harvest that you have out there, you're not going to get to take that harvest in. It's either going to blow away or it's going to end up belonging to someone else. Come on, guys, keep moving forward. Don't grow weary in doing the right thing. You will reap. Don't give up on that person. Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on God. I mean, sometimes we expect far too much to happen in a day or two or a week or, or even a year. We tend to greatly underestimate what can happen over a long period of time when we're doing the right thing. You just read the Bible. The greatest miracles in the Bible tended to happen to people over the long haul, people who were willing to take patient action. And their miracles, oh, they were massive. Patient action, what does it mean? It means that your best is yet to come. But I want you to think one level deeper with me. There is something here that of a deeper dimension that makes all the difference in the world with what I'm talking about today. And it's the truth that God is a patient God. (laughs) He's patient with us because he loves us. In fact, when Paul was defining patience in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he was, excuse me, when he was defining love in 1 Corinthians 13, he gives all these words that define love. The first word he chose about love is he said this. He says, love is is patient. Now, if you were here with us this last week, you know that I said that God is love. God equals love. Now we take the love and we say love equals what? Love flows from patience. I mean, patience flows from love. Love flows from God. You see how this was working? Patience is an outgrowth of love. It's a defining characteristic of God. God loves you. How do you know God loves you? Because he's been patient with you. He's not going to throw in the towel and quit on you because you're not progressing at the rate he wanted you to progress. Well, I'm kind of disappointed in you. You only read four chapters of the Bible yesterday, not five. That's it. I've had it with you. He's going to do that to you. 
But we do that with others. Because they don't quite measure up. Basically what we're saying to other people is, you're not good enough for me. So, eh. Yet God, who is better than us, he doesn't do that to us. He's patient. And you know it. <laughs> and you don't even deserve his patience, do you? Of course not. But he's still patient with you. He is. Why in the world is he like that? It's because he loves you. He wants the best for you. You might say, well, that's God, and I'm me, you know. I'm happy for God. Good, you know, good luck with that, God. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit of God has taken up residence within you, and he produces patience in you, all right? And it's up to you how much of that trait of patience you're going to allow out of you back into the lives of other people. So I ask you now, regarding the person whose initials you wrote down earlier in this message, Really, it's not, are you patient with them? It's, do you love them? Can you love them with God's help? Are you willing to reflect the character of God's patience with them, patient action? Or possibly, do you have a patience issue yourself? Maybe a patience with yourself. You have impatience with God. If so, it really isn't a patience issue. It goes back to being a love issue which is so easy to solve. When we think of it as a patience issue, we strive to try to fix it. When we think of it as a love issue, it's like it's actually totally simple. You can correct it because love is patient. We're privileged to be a reflection of God to this world. We carry God in us. And so when we go around, let's let people see what the love of God really is. Love is patient. And patient action in your life means that your best really is yet to come. Don't, don't unplug your slow cooker because you're not getting the progress that you want. Around here we sing this song, sang it this morning. It says, I know breakthrough is coming. I like that song, don't you? By faith, I see a miracle. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now. We like to sing it, but you know what? How the breakthroughs come is that patient action. In fact, I, I would love it if we could just change the words to that song and, you know, instead, God made me a promise and how about this? And I won't quit now. God made me a promise. And I won't give up now. God made me a promise and I won't walk out now. It's time to let the character of God work in our lives. He's the God of breakthrough. He wants to take you there. And he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Let that love flow from his presence into you and stop shortchanging your destiny. I like to pray all over this room. Let's pray. I want you to receive this prayer. God, I, I pray for your blessing to rest on every person in this room. I pray for a spirit of patience to be upon us that flows from the love of God. God is, we don't want to try to keep working it up and psyching ourselves up to be patient. No, God, help us to love. Help us to learn to love ourselves, to love you, to love other people, God. And as we love, that patience is going to flow. God, we don't want to shortchange our destiny, Lord. And I pray that not one person in here shortchanges their destiny. Not one person unplugs their slow cooker and says, forget it, I give up, I quit. 
No, God, I pray for you to give us that tenacity to hold on, to stay patient, and to keep our attitude right, knowing that the best really is yet to come. We're gonna refuse to let impatience and a lack of love to rule our lives. God, we choose to walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Will you stand with me? As we close today, I want us to sing that chorus one more time. Breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. And as we sing it, come on, I want you to see God's not giving up on you. Don't you give up. Don't you run. Don't you throw in the towel. Come on, sing it out. Let's do it. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.